Welcome to the Artist Academy podcast, a place where we focus on the business side of art to help you attract more customers and increase profits, but ultimately to live a life of creativity and financial freedom. I'm your host, Andrea Earhart, and this episode is all about just let's explore some different multiple levels of art streams of revenue. Did I say that right? I don't, <laughs> multiple art revenue streams. Yeah. <laughs> and so this could either be looked at as the point of view that I'm currently looking at as like I have a full-time mural business, but I love to do so many different things. And I'm always looking at different things that I can kind of add into my business to have kind of like a side profitable art thing that I'm doing that kind of keeps the spice alive <laughs> with having a painting business, something like doing prints or just all these different things. Or you could look at it as you are a new artist and maybe you're wanting to do murals. Maybe you're wanting to do custom commissions. Maybe you're wanting to do something totally different. I've created a list through my own thoughts, but also researching on the internet, all these different ways that people are making money either with a paintbrush or with their artistic skills that you could do. And that might sound interesting to you or that you could just add into your current business. And every single time I go through a list like this or something pops up or I talk to an artist who's selling like digital files on Etsy or whatever, and I'm like, oh yeah, that sounds great. I'm going to add that. I just, before I even start with this list, I want to just say through experience, Anytime I add anything to my plate, whether it's creating a podcast or a membership group or anything, it feels like I'm starting a whole new business over again. It looks easy from the outside. Like, oh yeah, I'm just going to do some art lessons and put them up and people are going to buy them. And yeah, it's not. It's not. I mean, being an artist looks so easy from the outside, right? I have so many of my friends are like, you literally just color and you post it online. And then bada bing, bada boom, you make money. I'm like, no, it's actually really hard in the beginning. And I think any kind of thing that I'm going to list off to is it's all really hard in the beginning. But I think if we like the idea of it, there's absolutely no reason why we can't make anything on this list happen. And I created a list of like, we could create art for video games. We could do create coloring books and sell them online. How much fun does that sound? <laughs> we could create wallpaper designs and then sell them on a print and on demand thing. So we don't have to do any of the shipping. Like that sounds good too, right? <laughs> I'm like, but anytime I go and I see anything else, I'm like, okay, would I like to do this more than what I'm currently doing right now, which for me is creating murals for businesses and making big bucks. <laughs> like, I Just to be really real, I like making money and I like to do the things that make money. And so I really don't mind putting in a lot of work up front in order to make money in the long game, which I think is possible for any kind of art route. But do I like to do it more than if I were to put more work into my mural business to make more money that way? Do I want to complicate it? And every time I go through a list like this, that's what I think. Do I want to complicate it by adding another branch of something to my already full plate, especially with being a new mom? Now I'm very cautious of adding anything and I'm actually subtracting 
Right now, I currently have a podcast, <laughs> a membership group. I do one-on-one mentoring as well. And I was contemplating for a long time adding a small membership group where I don't just teach art and business and murals, which is what I mainly do right now. That's what the Artist Academy is. I teach artists how to make money with their art, which is my passion. I thought about also adding in like a lower cost thing where I just teach people how to paint basic acrylics and charging maybe $20 a month and where I just do, you know, just a couple lessons a month. It takes just a couple hours, super easy to add into what I'm already doing. Do I actually want to do that? (laughs) I started out doing it and I did a couple videos and then I haven't done it since. So maybe I don't actually want to do that, (laughs) but I tried it out for a little bit. And it just kind of tapered off. But there's a couple things on this list that I'll, I'll talk about. Okay, I'm just going to get to the list. Okay, no more do this stuff. But oh yeah, so anyway, I was talking about, so I do that. I also offer prints on top of the one-on-one coaching and all the stuff. And I'm slowly taking prints off my plate, even though that was the one thing five, six years ago that I thought that I was going to get into and do the most because that is shiny object syndrome, right? You create something once and you sell it multiple times. That's business smart. And just everything about that makes so much sense to me. Prints are where some good money can be made over and over again. So why not go there? And I just, I fell into this mural path and teaching murals that that's more of where I've decided to focus my energy, but it's so tempting to not put more energy into all these other things and create wallpapers and things. But anyway, I'm working on not chasing Chinese object syndrome and just figuring out what I want to do, which is murals. But here's a list of all the things so that you can decide what do you want to do. And as I'm going through and talking a little bit about and sharing my very limited knowledge on some of these, I want to just emphasize, you know, as you hear things, if you want to play this game with them, if you want to write down a, a couple of things that I'm saying, so like if I say wood burning, you're like, oh yes, those are, look so cool. That's really what I want to do. I follow this other artist that does it and I've always wanted to try it. Write it down. Write it down as a possibility, even a maybe. Yes, that sounds good. And then at the end, see how many things are on your list that you think you would like to do and start eliminating and start putting them against each other. And this is the game I love to play with some friends who are still trying to figure out what they want to do. I was just walking in the park a couple of weeks ago with one of my good friends. She's trying to figure out what she wants to do. And I love this topic. So I'm so glad that she brought it up and I was like, okay, do you want to do white wall painting or do you want to do window painting? And she goes, I would really like to do white wall painting. Like, really? Okay, great. So let's eliminate window painting and let's go there. Like, would you rather want to do faux finishing and decorative white painting or white wall painting? She's like, well, I guess I could do both, but I, you know, doing some of the decorative would be a lot more fun. She just didn't want to do it on windows and murals were just too much for her. So we're like, okay, let's focus on faux finishing and creating decorative walls that aren't landscapes or paintings, but they just look pretty. And so she dove into YouTube and watched all the videos and saw all the brushes. And then she contacted some of our friends to get a hold of them and say, hey, do you have a wall in your house that I could just practice on? And of course they did. And so that's where she's starting with that. But anything that we see on here, we have to start from the bottom 
It's just like starting a whole new business and it's a lot. Anything on this list, it's so much to get started, but then it gets easier. Just like whatever current job you're doing. Murals were really hard in the beginning, but now they're pretty easy. First up on this list, I think I just, I had to include being a commission-based artist because I think personally that is the easiest thing to break into whenever you are trying to work for yourself. Asking other people, hey, what do you want me to make for you? What are your specifics? What colors do you like? Instead of saying, hey, I made this thing, who wants to buy it? Asking for your customer's input and commission-based work is the easiest way to quit your day job and go full-time with this art thing. Whether it's digital artwork, whether it's murals or canvases or pet portraits or whatever it is, ask somebody else what they want and then cater it to them. And eventually we can work in our own style, but commission-based artwork I think is the easiest. Second is, I put another idea on here is prints. That's something that I think is pretty obvious. I think it's kind of the number one thing that people go towards, especially if you're creating your own work, people go towards prints. But what if, what if you created prints on things like wood or metal and you promoted it that way. There's so many prints out there on canvas and paper. What if you became the artist that has really shiny metal prints and you promote your prints that way and you make a splash and anything that can be different, anything that can set yourself apart from everybody else who's selling canvas and prints, how can you be different selling prints? Also, what service are you using to sell your prints? Are you using your own website? which is what I do, which is what a lot of people do, or are you going to go on Etsy or places that do drop shipping or some other place that <laughs> online that you can just upload your image and people buy it directly off there? What route do you want to go in? And I think this is where having a deep dive into what area you want to go in comes in handy. Or another thing that I've done is you could create a print of the month club. That's a subscription-based. I'm highly, highly for doing a subscription thing. You get one customer, sign them up one time for a relatively low price, and it just keeps charging them every month. Very affordable. I sold $7 prints for a long time, four years. And I think at one point I had 80 people on my print of the month, and I started off offering it for $3, I think. Yeah, or four, $4. I'm not sure. It was a long time ago and I started uh, and then I went up to $5 and then it eventually went up to $7. And so people who were signed up ranged in there, but I sent them off every month and it was a really, really good reoccurring thing. But again, I just got too much stuff on my plate. I was doing murals and all this stuff and I just stopped promoting it. And when you stop promoting the thing, you don't get sales, right? So I guess as we're going through this too, ask yourself, what's something that you wouldn't mind talking about every single day and sharing about every day or at least a couple times a week in order to grow it? Because that's what it takes. So if you already have a mural business, and this is what I think all the time because I've lived this now, is if you already have a mural business, are you okay with sharing murals pretty often? And then also adding another layer as to sharing prints very often as well, because the murals are working because I'm sharing it all the time and I'm promoting it. But now, oh wait, if I wanna do prints too, I have to promote the prints all the time and share that too. And oh wait, I have an artist academy that needs attention too. And I'm really bad about sharing about the artist academy. 
and, but I need to do it more, but I just have so much that it's just, yeah. So it's, that's why I'm working on getting a little bit of stuff off my plate and just focusing on murals and then teaching murals to, to the academy. So you could also do an art subscription box. This was a big thing not too long ago. I, I don't even know, but probably still is. I just don't, I'm not on anybody's email list anymore. So it's not in my face, but you can send out a weekly or monthly box of say like a watercolor box or an acrylic box or oils are kind of advanced, but, or I don't know, a drawing kit. And then you get people signed up for that. You send out the box physically, and then you do an online class every week or every month, however your schedule is. That seems fun. I thought about it for a long time, shiny object syndrome. I thought about doing that, but ultimately I just didn't want to pack and ship all the things. So that was out. You could also if you don't want to pack and ship and say prints are really not your thing and maybe you want to do something online or digital, say you like to just sit down and play on Procreate all day or your iPad and draw. Most artists like that. So what if you illustrated children's books? How much fun does that sound? Or even coloring books. You can make your own coloring books rather than do illustrations for other people. How would you like sitting down with an iPad and a cup of coffee or a cup of tea? Or so you could sit anywhere at the park and listen to the birds chirp while you just, just doodle on your iPad all day. That sounds pretty fun. <laughs> that sounds fun for me, except I don't actually want to do that. <laughs> I won't make myself do that. I don't like working small. I like working really big. And so that's also a determining factor. It's just that self-awareness. Like I don't like working small at all. So if it's not a really big thing and I don't get to move my body while doing it, then I don't want it. I can't sit still and do that thing for too long. I just don't like it. But if you're the person who likes to stay in your studio, what about illustrating children's books and coloring books? There's definitely a way to get business with that. The only way I know is through Thumbtack. And because when I signed up for that, I started to get a lot of hits on, hey, do you want to illustrate my children's book? And I eventually had to just turn it off. Yeah, but that's a way. There's a way to get a business in all the things. But another thing, you could focus your energy on applying for art grants. There are a ton of them out there in a ton of different areas for public art, small town art. Companies are giving away money all the time. And we need people to apply for that. And typically, from one my basic knowledge of this, you have to partner with a nonprofit. So you could partner, which I looked into doing this, with our local zoo. And I'll say, hey, there's this art grant that wants to give money to local nonprofits in Missouri. I think I can get this for you, but you have to hire me on to spend it kind of thing. Do you guys want this for free? Of course, they'll say, Yes. And so you apply for it with them. You work with them to get the art grant and then you go that way. So if you don't want to post on social media all the time and attract customers that way, that's an avenue. So you could start your own podcast if you like to talk. I was not a big talker at first. The first couple podcasts that I ever spoke into were completely written out. 100% and then also heavily edited. I did all my own editing. I took out all my ums, all my filler words that I still use, but now I have someone else taking them out. <laughs> and you could do that. And the way to make money with that is to have ads. So you could talk about 
When I first started the podcast, I wanted it to be about artists' stories. I just wanted to interview a bunch of artists and tell me your story. Tell me how you got started. And so you could have a an ad in the middle of it. And for a small amount, you could advertise for some kind of painting brand and whatnot. Uh, there are actually platforms that you can upload your podcast onto. And once you reach a certain amount of downloads, they will automatically connect you with people who are brands that can advertise on your podcast. So you don't even need to reach out. There are platforms out there that will connect them for you. And that'll happen when you do a deep dive into this and you find all that stuff out. You could also do a blog. Say you're not a big talker. You could also, I mean, blogs are so, what, 2010 or whatever, but it's still a thing. I read so many mom blogs last year when I was preparing for baby about diapers and what to take in my hospital bag and all the things. So it's still a thing. And I I actually found a lot of blogs whenever I was researching to do this podcast. I found blogs on different ways to make money as an artist. And so I took some of their ideas and popped them on here. And if there was an affiliate link on some of those blogs that I was found useful, if you click it, you make money and that's how you can make money through a blog. Again, things like podcasting and blogs and really everything, it's all about consistency and the long game. But if you like to write, that's a thing. Or you could create a magazine, an e-magazine to make it a little bit easier. There's some artists that I coached last year and they reached out this year wanting to feature me in their e-magazine that they decided to start. And I thought that was a really cool idea. They're just, from what I can tell, their plan is to feature a bunch of artists, a bunch of artists that have bigger platforms, get that outreach, get that customer base, and then they're going to charge artists to be featured in their magazine and to make money that way. Sounds tedious and terrible to me, but you might like it. (laughs) You could also go live creating commission-based art for tips. We were just on a virtual meetup and a student was talking about how she went live on TikTok and Instagram. You could also do Twitch and whatnot, and you could go live and people view your stuff and they watch you create. So for example, and I've actually thought about this a long time ago and I tried it and it failed, but I was on TikTok and I used to write names out in this drip lettering and it was really fun. And so I told people, hey, for 30 bucks, I will write your name out. And if you pay shipping, I'll send it to you. And nobody bit. (laughs) I only made two posts about it and got zero bites. But what I realized when I was talking to this artist on the virtual meetup is she was charging $5. And so just, I was a little bit too much. I guess the 30 bucks is a bit much for somebody just watching a live stream, but $5 is super easy. And all she did was she put in her payment link in her bio and said, you know, anybody who wants me to write out your name or your, your a design for you on this live stream, she doesn't send it to them, nothing. All she does is write it out. They can say that some artist did this. They can screenshot it or she can send it to them via email. Super easy and quick. It's a click. You're not even shipping anything, but she had several people. And so I think she made like 30 bucks in an hour just doing that just staying home, doodling and doing live stream art that way. Who'd have thought? And she just did that a couple times and made 30 bucks in the hour. Imagine if it was consistent and people got to know her for that and people came to expect it and it, she promoted it a lot more. It could go up and up and up. 
I think that's a great idea and just something very modern of things to do. You could be a social media influencer. You know, when when TikTok first started going and I started making videos and started getting attention for them, I made that a goal. I was like, I want to build my brand up to be so many thousands of followers so that I start getting brand deals. And I remember saying that out loud and I remember sounding... I thought I sounded so silly saying it out loud to one of my friends. I'm like, but I want those big brand deals and I want to be a TikTok influencer. And so I just made a ton of video and did that and got the brand deals. And it just wasn't as much fun as I thought it was going to be. They were very particular on what the video looked like. And I just realized that I like to do murals more. So I did that for a little bit, kind of lost interest. And now I'm back to doing murals. And that's kind of been the theme of everything that I've been trying. And I just kind of, it all comes back to murals. That's, that's what I like to do. But yeah, being a social media influencer, you could definitely, one way to do that is you can tag the brands that you want to work with. So you can tag, like I did a lot of work for like Jerry's Artorama or just random art brands. And so you could find them, especially the small ones. You tag them in your videos and say you're using their product and you can either they'll reach out to you or you can message them and say, I would love to do, you start off by doing a trade for art supplies. Say, Hey, I love your products. Um, I just saw that you have whatever new product they have. They're wanting to advertise it. So you can reach out and say, Hey, I see that you have these watercolor pencils that you just came out with that you're promoting. If you send me some, I will use them and write a review and post them on my social media. And likely they will do it. If you have a decent amount of followers, couple few thousand, it can't have, you know, 300. I don't know that they'll do it that way, but you have to also have good engagement. You have to get on your stories and all the things you could also sell art supplies via Amazon. I looked into this and I know a couple artists who are doing that. Basically you find a supplier in China and you find some art supplies and you get them sent to you, you test them out and then you post them on Amazon and they ship it for you. And there's a lot more to it than that. But if you like logistics and you like tech and you like spending time on your computer and figuring things out that way, that is an excellent avenue. And I actually like doing that. Nah, not enough to do this specifically, but I really like spending time on my computer, creating sales pages, checkout pages, funnels. Sounds weird, but I really like it. It makes me excited to create a new sales page for the Artist Academy when I'm promoting, say, my book or doing the Mural Master program. I love creating and putting testimonials on there and like showing off my students and just having the, the little things that helps people go from a viewer to a buyer. I love that, the business side when that, which makes me go back to murals, teaching murals, and then selling the Artist Academy. So <laughs> yeah, you could create patterns for fabrics like wallpaper and or blankets or whatnot, and you can upload them onto things like Spoonflower. And you just go to spoonflower.com. You can search for different wallpapers. You upload your wallpaper. We had an artist on mm, probably a year and a half ago or so her name was Picoquette, and she is really big on Spoonflower. So if you go way back, 
And I'm going to ask my virtual assistant to go find that and please link to it. Thank you, Anne. And yeah, it's something about what wallpapers and textiles would be coquette. And that's a really good one to listen to. But again, she had been doing it for 10 years and started small and then worked her way up. And now she just makes money and doesn't work all that much, which is the goal, right? (laughs) We're trying to figure out how we can make money to have that creativity, financial freedom thing and have the most fun doing it. That's what I'm trying to do. And so that's what this whole list is about. How can we have the most fun making the most money? But what I found when I did a deep dive into making wallpapers is again, I don't really like to spend a lot of time drawing on my iPad. I just don't. So as much as making a wallpaper design and then putting it up and then having sales forever, that sounds so good. I just don't like the process of doing it. I did a couple and I did them really cute for kids and I had fun making it, but it was so tedious to make the lines perfect and then... Uh, It just took a lot longer than I realized to make those wallpapers. And I just went back to, I know how to paint large scale really quickly already. So I'm just going to stick to that. So another way, if you're really good at Procreate and you do digital mock-ups really easily and you need a little bit of extra income, there are a lot of artists out there who do not like to do digital mock-ups and will hire you to do theirs. So if you do not like them, to do them, know that there are people out there that you can hire, but also if you like to do them, you can definitely post it in the Artist Academy Facebook group and say, hey, I really like to do mock-ups. If someone wants to hire me, I charge 50 bucks an hour to do them and you'll have a lot of hits, guaranteed. If you need need extra money and you're good at it, do that. And I do, I'm fast at it and I like it. Some amount. It just depends what it is. Cause I did that a little bit in my one-on-one coaching. That's what I offered. And so I help artists create mock-ups and just make them better and more eye-catching and whatnot. And the ones that were really tedious, I didn't like to do, but the ones where we did rainbows on the walls or whatever, I was like, okay, this is fun and easy. And then I would also create a video showing them how I did it so that they could then do it for themselves. Just an idea. You could also do, you could also be an editor. You could be a photo slash video editor Or this is what I thought. (laughs) This is another area that it's tempting. I could train a virtual assistant who already has photo editing and video editing experience, right? You can't train someone who doesn't have any experience photo and video editing. So I would hire somebody from wherever, some other country that doesn't, it's not the United States. It's not going to charge me an arm and a leg. And so I could pay them 10 bucks an hour or so. And for that specialty skill, I could train them on how I like to edit video and photos. And then I grab the customers and I send it to them and I split profit. So I'm not actually doing anything. All I'm doing is promoting that I will edit your photos and videos for you. And some people, you can even get them on a retainer. They'll send you all of their videos and photos in a Dropbox folder. You charge them $1,000 a month or whatever, or $500 a month for so many videos or less, whatever. And you do it for them. You get them on that subscription retainer. There's a lot of artists that I've talked to, specifically three. So I don't know if that's a lot, but three. And I see their videos and the way it's edited with captions. And 
I messaged them. I'm like, hey, what app are you using to get your captions? And two of them have said, oh, I pay this guy to make videos for me. He just tells me what kind of videos that he suggests I make. I send it to him and he does all the editing and adds all the captions and I pay him $1,000 a month. I'm like, oh, that's cool. (laughs) So that's an option. And again, you could do it, train a virtual assistant to do it. And all you're doing is playing the middleman. Sounds pretty great. (laughs) Okay. You could focus your attention on being a creator on YouTube or some other video platform, although that takes years and that seems like not a whole lot of return. But again, if you like to create video, YouTube is a good thing. I just, I am not pro that just because you have to get so many followers and they pay so little per view that it takes so long to get going. And even though all of this is long game, I just don't see that being crazy profitable because so many people are trying to do it and so many people are already doing it that I don't know. So being a YouTube creator does not have my vote, but you do, you boo. So sell art on eBay. If somebody recommended I do that this one time, this, it was a friend's boyfriend. It's like, yeah, I just bought a bunch of art on eBay. You should try that. It's like, maybe, but if you have a bunch of art and you want to sell it via auction, which is what eBay is, highly recommend that. I'm actually creating some canvas paintings right now in my quote free time, which is no time. And so they're really just sitting in my art studio and I have planned to sell them via auction on eBay. I think that is one of the best ways to sell paintings at an affordable rate, not necessarily on eBay, but it just via auction on my website highly recommended. So if you haven't tried selling it via auction and putting all your promotional efforts into just one week of one auction, instead of just posting here and there, I think that's the way to go. And cause I'm doing it whenever I can finish all the stuff. You could do the whole thrift store art thing, go shopping for thrift store art and then change it. I do a couple of those just for fun. I haven't sold any, but the instant gratification I get from just buying a simple $30 painting with a nice frame and then adding two hours worth of work on it and then calling it done, it's pretty fun. I love the instant gratification thing. You should try it. You could also design logos. If you, again, if you like the whole sitting down on your iPad type thing, designing logos, I get asked for that quite a bit. So I'm posting it in the Academy. Hey, who does logos and who can design this digital thing for this person? And then whoever replies, I send them their website and then they choose who they want to go with. And so there's a lot of logo work out there. You could also sell local souvenirs. (laughs) If you live in any kind of place that people visit, we live really close to Branson, Missouri, and people love that Ozarks Lake, uh, just like hills, Missouri hills stuff. So I could sell local souvenirs. Actually, my plan Z, so my final plan to sell art is I was going to go on an island and rent a hut on the beach and I would just sell souvenir art to tourists. And that sounded like a really good plan when I didn't know anything about art business. But now that I know, (laughs) that's definitely plan Z still, (laughs) because just to be able to live on a beach and whatnot, but people don't buy super high dollar stuff just from someone who's just doing it off of the beach. (laughs) But you never know. You never know who could walk by. Plus it's all about positioning yourself. I think, you know, like right next to a hotel or whatever, there's something there. I just haven't figured it out. (laughs) 
yeah, so selling souvenirs, you could do that. I know a couple artists who they paint little magnets. They live in mountain towns or ski resort towns, and then they go and sell those magnets to the stores, and they sell them like that. Or paint postcards. You can paint postcards and sell them at the stores. The prints, that's an option. You could sell your images. So if you take photos or you do your prints and take photos of your prints, you could sell them on websites like Shutterstock and people could go there and they they like their image. They buy it from them from Shutterstock at a low price and then you get a cut of that. That's an option. You could create art for video games. I had never really thought about that, but the video game industry is huge huge. If you saw the gross of the new Super Mario movie, it was one of the like highest selling kids movies in a very long time. It's huge. Video games, superhero stuff, the Marvel franchise, huge, huge. So they're needing artists for that. And how cool would it be to be like, yeah, I create art for video games. Or you, you could create like a character or you could create a little say when you're on Mario and you go and open a box and there's a little thing inside of it and it's like a star, you could create that star or wings that Mario uses. Obviously that's a very generic answer, but there are very specific video games out there and they need digital creators for, and you could do that. You could also do street vending, just like selling art on a beach. You could just get a business license, go get permission to stand in front of some restaurant downtown on a busy area, do it for two hours during rush hour every day, set up and sell your prints. I did that on our local art walk and this, my $7 prints sold pretty well. I think I made like $100 in one hour, which is great. So if you did that every art walk, you'd be in good profit. Yeah. Okay. You could be a tattoo artist. Personally, I will faint if I see too much blood. So that was an absolute no-go for me. I remember my brother cut his leg open one time, like a pretty good gash. And I looked at it and I like puked everywhere and then about fainted. I had to go lay down. And my mom looked at me and was like, well, you're not going to be a nurse. I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> and so I cannot do tattoos, but... There's some really cool tattoo artists out there, and I'm actually in talks with one of the tattoo artists. He's super famous. He was on the show Inked, the reality show, and he's coming on the podcast. I'm not sure when. He's a busy guy. He's some, he's across the country right now, but at some point, I'm getting him on to talk about it. Super cool dude, and he does amazing, amazing tattoos, and so that's an option. <laughs> you could uh, you could design. I know I we get asked so much to do designs for tattoos, but you could actually do the tattoo designing. I think they start on, I follow a couple of tattoo artists and they start on doing like orange peels and apple peels for a starter. I think that's so interesting, but I would absolutely never do it. You could be an art therapist. That is a thing. Or you could do art as therapy. Those are two different things. Art therapist and art as therapy are two different things. You have to be certified to do, to be an art therapist, but you could go through the program and you could, yeah, if you like to talk about your feelings, you could do that. You could also do white wall painting. Like I had mentioned, my friend we were doing, going for, you could do windows, you could do white walls. There's a huge industry out there for white wall painting. Plus, if you got a couple of those clients, you could also offer murals right along with it. I thought about doing that. And I could also hire out the white wall painting, meaning like plain white walls. I could hire that out and then work in conjunction with, yeah, so many, 
so many options. Uh, you could get into galleries. You could own your own storefront where you could also hold classes. You could participate in art competitions, although I don't know how lucrative that is. I know a couple older artists specifically who are really good at their craft who will participate in art competitions, and they're not exactly raking in the money. But I'm sure there's stuff out there that I don't know about. So you could try that. And you could do live art at events. I've always wanted to do a live art painting thing at like a rave or an art festival. I think that would be really cool. But I don't want to put forth the effort to do it. So obviously, I don't think it's that cool. But it's that's an option. Uh, you could do paint and sip nights. You could give art lessons. Or you could create a course or a membership to do art lessons or promote art business or teach art business or do all the things. Basically doing what I'm doing. Although, I will say, it looks easy but it's definitely a long game type thing. The first year I made zero money when I was teaching art business. And I, that was baffling to me. I was like, what? I had a couple students, like a handful, but the amount that I put in with getting the platform and taking a course to figure out how to actually teach online and do everything I put into it, I made zero money. I just, I broke even, which is crazy, which is what I want to emphasize too. If you find something on this list that you think, yeah, I want to do that. Would you be okay with making no money with it for the first year? Because it is like starting a whole new business. And I will say it's a little bit easier than starting your first business. So I had already started doing murals. So it was a little bit easier to then start teaching with my membership, the Artist Academy. It's a little bit easier, but it's still hard. And it took a long time to build up. So would you be okay with you know, doing video game art, if you just did a lot of it for a year to get your name out, to make connections, to send it to play people, to really get good at that craft and meet a bunch of people to send them examples, would you be okay with not making money with that for the first year to then eventually make money with it? Because I think a lot of people, myself included, when I want to add another stream of revenue in my art business, I think, ooh, I can make more money with that. But what we don't ask is, would I be okay with make, not making money with that, but doing it for free for a while and then eventually making money with it? Would I stick with it? And I've tried several different things and I haven't stuck with things. And it's okay to try different things, right, obviously. But I think expecting that, expecting not to make money in your first couple months or years, hopefully not years, <laughs> in your first little bit is the realistic thing to think. Because that's how it was with murals for me. I didn't make very good money at all in the beginning. And then eventually, now I'm making bank. But it's it took a while. So that's my last food for thought. I hope this list has brought a little bit of insight or maybe got your wheels turning while also not overwhelming you with the ideas. So just to go back with what I said at first, make your list and then play the either-or game. Like, would I rather do prints or would I rather do video game art? Or would I rather have my own storefront? Or would I rather just pitch to galleries? What would you rather do? Make yourself really choose. And then you can always go back if you're like, oh, okay, yeah, I actually don't like pitching to galleries. Maybe I'll go back and go back to, I'll do decorative finishing. Let's try that. Let's go watch some YouTube videos on that and see if I would actually want to do that. And if you get bored with that, maybe not. Maybe I want to give art lessons. I don't know. Anyway, Okay, I'm going to go take a nap now. I'm tired. <laughs> that, that took, I just recorded two podcast episodes in a row and now I'm drained. <laughs> so, 
Uh, new mom life. Okay. I hope this is insightful in some way. And if it sparked a new idea and you want to share this episode on Instagram, I would appreciate it. <laughs> so, okay. I hope you have a great rest of your day and I will see you next week. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Artist Academy podcast. I've been putting out at least one episode per week for more than four years on this podcast. And it's really cool to see those download numbers go up and up as time goes on. And that's because artists like you listen and share these episodes. So really, when I say thank you, I mean it. <laughs> it's really cool to see progress along the way. And anyway, if you like this type of art and business content, then I highly encourage you to get the audio version of my book, Mural Money, with over 15 hours of listening inspiration. I'm currently running a special of just $17 for the audio version. You can go to muralmoney.com to find it. And that comes with a bunch of extras like my art supply list, my pricing guide, recommended book and podcast list, and so much more. I filled that book with tips from my art journey of building a profitable mural career. Plus, I've included the best of the best advice from guests I've interviewed on this podcast. It's the most affordable all-in-one book of advice on art and business that I have. And if you enjoy listening to me here, then I know you'll like the book too because I read it myself all 15 hours of it. <laughs> the book is available on Amazon and Audible normally for $25, but if you go to muralmoney.com, that is where you can grab the special $17 deal while it lasts. If you haven't listened to my book yet, this is your sign to do it. Again, normally $25, running a special for $17, but you have to go to muralmoney.com. That's where you can grab the audio version of it. And that's all I have for you today. So I will see you next week for another episode of the Artist Academy podcast. 